So what are we talking about? <laughs> okay, let's see if we can actually record this with a dog in between us. This is going to be great. Um, She's our special guest. She is our special guest. We'll see what, if she gets picked up. Her jingles definitely Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you you grew up unaware, or definitely aware, not unaware, very aware of, of fairy law. Um, yeah, I watched, I watched, I read a lot of fairy tales as a impressionable young child. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... One of the first books I ever got was, like, just a big book of, like, classic fairy tales. I think I still have that somewhere. But it was, like, a gift to me, and it was, like, one of the first books I learned how to read. Right. And, um, you know, just kind of growing up, you know, you know that fairies exist, and then you, like, eventually learn how to inter- how you- how one is supposed to interact with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, it's- that's also, I think, where- uh, part of how I, like, picked up my mom's aggressive manners. Because <laughs> it's like, you can't get in trouble with a fairy if you're always polite. Because that's one of the rules. One of the rules, okay, so two two of the main rules. Don't lie. Yes. And don't be rude. Yeah. Which, honestly, is just kind of how I've tried to live my life. Yeah. Don't lie and don't be rude. Yeah, it's not hard. <laughs> not hard. Gets you out of trouble with a lot of people. A lot it more does. Than fairy. Aggressive politeness got me through a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So. Welcome to Liminal Spaces. I'm your local fur papa, Adele. And I'm the haunted doll in the window, Nick. Uh, And, uh, yeah, we're talking about my story this week. Um, It's less of, it's, I don't know if it's a story or if it's a... We're talking about your subject. My subject, my topic. What's your subject? Um... So we're going to talk about fairy encounters, um, which led me down a very interesting place, and I actually found out about something that I had no idea existed, and I'm very excited to talk about it. You're valid. Um, and uh, I wanted to start, so we kind of talked about how you're you're uh, aware of fairy law. I, I am too into a lesser extent. I kind of knew the basic rules, but I didn't really have like a solid understanding of stuff. Yeah. It was, it was more of like a... I read books about it, but there every book has its slight variations, oh, so I didn't yeah. really have, like, a, a solid knowledge. And, and it's very circumstantial, too. Like, yeah. there's also there's also so many different types of good folk that, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And each of them has, like, the, again, their own variations of, like, what their own rules are. Even just culture to culture. Exactly, culture to culture. Although I will say, um, most, like, what, what, I, I like, yeah, most fairy stories come from like Ireland. Yes. And like very much. But there are there are a few that I've heard from uh, from Scotland. Although they're more like they're treated more less like fairy stories and more like separate kind of incidents or creatures. Mm-hmm. So have you ever had any fairy incidences personally? I have never encountered what I am sure is a fairy. Mm. Um, I was taught knock on wood early in life, which is a fairy thing. 
Is that? Yeah. Okay. Because the, the idea is you're you're knocking on the wood to, like, get the uh, attention of the fairy that lives in it, the spirit that lives mm. in it. Interesting. So, and you're, like, basically, like, knock on wood, I'm asking for their help. I'm asking for um, their influence. Interesting. I didn't know that was that origin. That, I don't know if that's, cool. like, actually true, but that's what I was taught. Yeah. And I had a... Sense. What? It makes sense. It does, yeah. And I had, like, a, a, a psychic when I was a kid, friend of the family, um... She told me I had, well, in, in, like, modern words, she told me I had big fairy energy, <laughs> which, like, sparked, like, an existential crisis at the time, because, like, I was also learning about changelings, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not a changeling. Confirmed. Confirmed. I still, I'm unsure. I was removed, I was removed from my mother like a tumor. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Hi, Mom. <laughs> um... So yeah, this kind of sparked because I I wanted to talk, or I remember like way back, must have been grade seven or eight, where I had this English assignment and one of the options was to go through this, I think there was a couple different like uh, little information top ten kind of booklets that you could look through to do a, a, a project on or something, and there okay. was one of... Uh, conspiracy theories. Oh, hell yeah. And I, before I even was, like, aware that I was interested in that kind of stuff, picked that one and was like, I'm gonna look at these, because these are cool. <laughs> and one of them was the, um, about the Cottingley fairies, which, uh, was the, uh, photographs. Is that the one that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was into? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I looked further into it again, uh, all of these probably ten plus years later, to <laughs> rehash and remember what it actually said. Um, so it was in England, in Cottingley, it's a place. Um, oh, I'm probably not pronouncing that right. Probably not. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's spelt Cottingley. Yeah, but... But the British pronounce things weird. The British never pronounce things phonetically. They get it too much from the French. <laughs> yeah, so correct me if I'm wrong, please. Um but it was in 1917 that these these photos first showed up. It was first two photos, and then they came out with more later. Um, it was done by these two cousins named Elsie Wright, who was 16, and Francis Griffiths, who was 9. Um, and they had these two photos uh, of them posing with these fairies, these little fairy creatures. Um, Weren't they, like, cutouts, or is that one of, like, the theories? That... I'm getting there. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm getting ahead of you, okay. Um, so those first two that were really, that got out there were discovered by Arthur Conan Doyle, who, um, he actually was, like, a spiritualist yep. and everything, believed all this psychic phenomena and everything. I don't know if you, you, you found this in your research, but he and Houdini used to be friends. I did not, but that's amazing. Okay, no, here's the thing. Spiritualism broke them apart. They used really? to be friends, but then um, Doyle lost his son, I believe. And turned to spiritualism for, like, that reconnection and yeah. helping with his grief. But Houdini was like, this is all garbage. Oh, man. And um, went about, like, basically dedicated, like, a lot of his life and time to, like, disproving uh, spiritualism. Oof. And it Oof. tore, like, this huge rift in their friendship. Yeah. So that's how I know about that. <laughs> Dang. Because, yeah, Arthur Conan Doyle was, like, super into this. He believed that these photos were real. And, um, he used them as evidence, uh, in, he had this, um, commissioned article, I think it was, said it was for around Christmas time, in this magazine called The Strand Magazine. I've heard of The Strand. 
I don't know anything about it, but yeah. I've heard of it. So, it, it, yeah, I, I don't know anything either. It was just in the research. <laughs> um, so he had one article, and he used those two, and then later used the rest of them in the second article that he wrote for them later on. And later on, past even that, um, in, I believe it was 1922, he came out with a book called The Coming of Fairies, and these articles were kind of the basis for that. I've read The Coming of Fairies. It, it was an interesting read, but it was like an old one. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I read, like, a revised edition, though. But yeah, anyways. Anyways. Um, so when that first, that first of the f- two articles came out, though, um, it was met with mixed reactions. Mainly people were kind of embarrassed and puzzled about the whole thing. Um, they were very <laughs> confused. Like, Arthur Conan Doyle actually believes this. Arthur Conan Doyle? Arthur Conan... Arthur Conan Doyle? Yes, Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> um... But some, there were a few that actually did believe in, believe that they were real uh, as well. Uh, I've read a couple uh, reactions, and there were a few who did believe, like, dang, they actually found these things, which is interesting. But then, many, many years later, the cousins admitted that it was all faked uh, in a 1983 article called The Unexplained. Hmm. And they did uh, admit that everything they did was fake it was indeed cardboard cutouts that okay, they yeah. they um did especially it was interesting because some of the critiques i remember reading was that the little fairies were very fashionable and very like fashion forward and had these like modern fashionable hairstyles and everything i and they mean looked... there's nothing stopping a fairy f- oh actually actually a lot of like reports say that they're like behind the times in fashion so that's actually a pretty good mm-hmm. do you, so you know if, you know what that means though a modern fa- uh, fairy dresses like it's the 80s or the 90s. <laughs> they are, <laughs> like, the embodiment of uh, vintage. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, so that, and, and that they uh, resembled something that would be in, like, a modern kind of fairy tale book. So that was, like, some of the critiques, and it turns out that, yeah, they were cardboard cutouts that they had um, played with. However, what was interesting... It's a good art project, if nothing else. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, because they had their, they used their dad, their dad was a, um, like, a casual photographer, like, a hobbyist photographer, nice, so they borrowed yeah. his camera and just had fun with these things. Hell yeah, let, let uh, girls have fun. Hell yeah. Let girls in the 1800s have fun with fairy cutouts, and let Arthur Conan Doyle... 1920s. 1920s? It was, it was 1917, uh, that they took their first photos. Okay, but, but let, still. but let, let, let them have fun with their cardboard cutouts. Yeah, but what was interesting, actually, that I, I thought was really interesting was... Uh, Francis, the younger one, was actually very adamant that the fifth one that they took was actually real. The fifth one? Um, there were five oh. photos total. Sorry, Luna's trying to get down. Okay, you go down there. Um, so there were five photos total, and um, Francis, the younger one, was very adamant that she had taken this last photo and that it was real. Um, huh. However, um, the other one, Elsie was also very adamant that she had taken the photo and that it wasn't real. So there's some sort of discrepancy mm. in memory. Um, some people believe, I forget who it was, but somebody mentioned that it could be like a double exposure. It could, And so yeah. they, they, that was accidentally taken, so they both did take this photo. Um, <laughs> so but they're I, both correct. They're both correct, but I think it's also very interesting that like, well, that I was looking at it and it did look... Um, the fairies in that one looked less solid than the other ones. Okay. So if it was indeed a double exposure, Elsie could have taken it and there could have been nothing, and Francis could have taken it 
actually capturing fairies, and that's why they look a little. Oh, but do see-through. they do they like still resemble like the other cardboard cutouts? Because uh-huh. do you have pictures? Do I, I want to see the pictures? I don't immediately, but I f- sure can find them very easily. So that's the first one. So they do look like very modern and and they're very like those are very beautifully done. But they're very yeah they're very beautiful they're very like they look kind of that's just the common way that they look le- pretty legit. Yeah. Um, like the like the, the just time. the like, just the fact that like these they're like the the shading the depth the art of the these fairies is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like even that one, it almost looks like you can see through yeah. the wings, which is a little weird. Um, and then that's an image, and this was the fifth one. So mm. to me, it looks almost like it. It still does kind of resemble the cutouts. So yeah. that's the only thing, but also it does look like, like it could, like yeah, it looks, like, no, it looks in that like very gray area of it could go either way, which is very interesting. <laughs> gray area. Uh, uh, that's funny because they're black and white. But anyway, so that was, that was very interesting for the first one. And then when I was looking through that, I was kind of also just, um, I'd got that information. I was looking through um, to try and find other more recent fairy encounters that people have reported Mm -hmm. and uh, in doing so I found what this is the thing I don't know if you've heard of but uh, this is new to me called the fairy investigation society no so this Uh, is a thing okay that was actually founded it so it was founded um originally in 1927 by a guy named Quentin Crawford and he was kind of the head of everything, and he read a book by this guy named Bernard Slay. I forget what the book was called. Oh, I bet but... he just slayed. Oh, boy. Sorry. <laughs> I regret. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But so he sought out this author, and those two um, founded this this thing called the Fairy Investigation Society. What author? Uh, Bernard Slay. Oh. Oh, yeah. That was okay. his name. <laughs> so Bernard Slay was a author? Like, what did he write? Um, the book that he wrote that got him interested was called The Gates of Horn Being Sundry Records from the Proceedings of the Society for the Investigation of Fairy Fact and Fallacy. Oh god, this guy was definitely from a, the uh, like definitely had puritan roots. That is a puritan title. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Um so I don't know what else he's written, but that was the book that uh, Crawford read and then sought then sought uh, this guy out to found this thing together. Hmm. Proceedings um, of the Society of the Investigation of Fairy Fact and Fallacy. Yeah, so they kind of oh, founded geez. this to try and prove that fairies, fairies are... existed. And it, it got uh, a bunch of people, it mostly was people who could claim they could see fairies or like psychics, those kind of people who like claimed that they had real encounters with these beings and could could witness them. Um, and they kind of worked on recording encounters and that kind of thing. And apparently it wasn't just that. Apparently Crawford did actually try to do experiments. Oh, okay. Um, what that kind were re- of? These, this was uh, recalled by current group leader Simon Young. This is a quote that he gave. So, quote, There is a memory of Crawford challenging fairies to open flower buds in his garden. Then, in his 1957 retrospective, Crawford also recalls some experiments he undertook from 1927 to 32 with 
unnamed visitors to his house and with a group of nine marsh fairies. The experiments are not well described. They appear to have involved a fairy seance with a radio set and automatic writing. The fairies would use words from English and Old English to tell their human inter... Ah, uh, that's a word. Uh, interlocutors. Where to look for archaeological remains. Archaeological remains, which sometimes they even did find. Okay, archaeological remains of people or fairies? <laughs> that was uh, inconclusive. That was not... Um, not not relevant to the quote? I get, It didn't come up in the quote that I found. It was right here. Side note, have you ever seen those fairy corpses? No. Oh, okay. So next, future topic. Oh. Yeah. Um, so that was very interesting. So that, so that was kind of the first um, iteration of this Fairy Investigation Society, or FIS. FIS. Um, unfortunately, when is World this, War II... St- sorry? Oh, no. I was going to say, is it still open? Is it still on? Are they still going? In a way. <gasps> okay. Um, so we'll get there. So then... I want to join. Uh, just before World War II, they kind of disbanded because of the insanity of it. And yeah. it was unfortunately all of their archives from before <gasps> then were lost. No! Yeah. So we don't... Ha- they must have gotten destroyed or something. We don't really know for sure, but they... At least not that I could find. The librarian in me is hurting a yeah. lot. I hate... I hate how many, like, archives and shit got lost during that time Very period. Sad. Um, but it was interesting. So then after World War II, um, about 10 years after they originally disbanded, it was restarted in 1950. And shortly thereafter, they appointed a woman named Marjorie Johnson as their secretary. She was super great. She ran it super well. And it actually became like a real thing. And they had actually more than... I feel like a, I've heard of her before. There's a chance because there's a scandal coming up. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay, here we go. Let's do yeah, this. So she ran it super well. Um, they actually accumulated around 100 members, and a lot of them were famous, and one of them actually, Walt Disney, was a Fuck. part of this Fairy Investigation Society. Like, he, Walt Disney was a part. He might have come, not have come to meetings because I think it was in different places, uh, like, geographically, but he was a part of it. I don't like that. Um... And that led to what's called, this is, there's another thing before the, the scandal, because before the scandal, there's, they did this thing called the Great Fairy Consensus in 1955. Okay. It didn't ever get completed at the time. However, so it was Johnson. It's my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it's funny, it's not Johnson. Uh, Johnson, she super wanted to do this. She was super into it. She f- teamed up with a uh, Scottish folklorist. Do you want to try and say that name? Alistair Alpin McGregor. There we go. Uh, that boy. It's Alistair, though, not Alistair. Yeah. Which is probably where you got tripped up a bit, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so this McGregor guy, he's Scottish folklorist. They grouped together and they collaborated. They wanted to um, Alistair create... Alistair Alpin McGregor is such a Scottish name. Sorry. I'm very. It's a very <laughs> that Scottish That is, the, like, one of the most Scottish names I've ever heard, except for Scott McScott. Oof. I have known... A- Woof. And I have known in passing a person named Scott McScott. <laughs> That's a lot to, to process. Um, anyway. Anyways, so they essentially wanted to um, compile uh, into a book uh, a list of like people's actual fairy encounters. So they sent letters out to newspapers asking for people to send them letters with fairy inc- their own fairy encounters to be collected into this book. So kind of like how we do with emails. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we should talk about that. That, that, we actually got an email. I'm very excited. We'll talk about that at the end of this episode. Hell yeah. 
Shout out to that rando person. Hell we'll we'll yeah. name you at the time. You were amazing. Hey, cat. There you go. Um, <laughs> Love you. Thank <laughs> you for writing to us. Yeah, that was actually very exciting when that came through. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they didn't finish that census at the time because it was because McGregor wanted to travel. That's a move. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, me too. That's <laughs> a move. I don't want to finish the thing. I want to go travel the world. Okay, peace. I mean... What year was that? 1955. 1955. That feels like a millennial thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very Great Depression thing. Um, so we both come back to the census, though, because eventually, spoiler alert, it did get finished and published, which is exciting. What is it supposed to be, even? It's like, it's just like a census of fairies? I think a census of, like... People who've seen fairies? People who've seen it, uh. um, their encounters, what they encountered, what they saw, maybe, like, who believes this. Okay. Even, like, skeptics who can't deny that this is something that happened to them kind of thing so kind of like how when they uh around around 2010 they did like that interview not interview that survey of most of like citizens in the u.s and who who believed in aliens kind of thing yeah basically but with fairies Um, yeah it sounds like so then we come to another five years later 1960 okay and hell yeah 60s yeah it starts off a little bit rough for marjorie Okay. Um, well, I'm sorry. I just glanced at your notes, and I saw... I, I'm sorry. I have to say this out loud. The Great Fairy Sex Scandal? Yes. Tell me more. So, it started in uh, this uh, tabloid magazine called <laughs> The Sunday Pictorial. Okay. They rumored about Johnson's book that she was writing called Fairy Vision at the time. Uh, sorry, Fairy Vision at the time. Um, oh, Okay. And it quotes that, or it claims that she does a Kinsey on fairies. Um, so it claims that's a statement. Yeah. So it claimed it would cover the the sorry. This is the rumored tabloid claimed that it would cover fairy sex, love, and reproduction, including. And this is my favorite quote of all time okay. because if this is w- what like fairies like love life and sex life is like. This is just... Are you, like, sign me up, or this are you, is, like... This is me. I'm okay. like, I am, I am a fairy. Hell yeah! So, this is, quote, fairies are bisexual and polygamous, sharing each other's wives, husbands, and children. Now, <laughs> that last bit of the sentence, I hope they mean they raise the children communally. I sure hope so, too. That's how I'm going to interpret yes, that. Yes, me too. Because otherwise that sounds... A little weird. Yeah. No, I know, but, like... <laughs> It's the 60s wording. I don't know. Yeah. And it's a tabloid. Okay. Um, so, yeah. But fairies are bisexual, and I would uh, yeah, that, modernize that it by saying bisexual and polyamorous. Bisexual, polyamorous, and they raise their ch- children communally. Yeah. That tracks. Yeah. But I I do have to say, like, if that's if that's real, she probably only got that from, like, one court, you know? Yeah, like, for sure. I want to believe that all the courts are like that, but... Definitely not. Oh, it's like a humans, but... Um, <laughs> it's true. She saw, society. She, she met one group of people and decided they were all like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she claims, so I don't have this in my notes, but I think I have it here on this other, I have this website called Atlas Obscura. I fucking love that, Atlas Obscura. Atlas Obscura is great. So this is from their article on it. I think it said, yes, yeah, so they also, she also says that, or this is the tabloid still crea- uh, claiming that it reveals that fairies don't actually get pregnant, but rather reproduce via wishful thinking. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, and it's quoted her saying, it has taken me years of study to win their friendship and discover the secrets of their sex life. Oh, shit. Anyone... She's been a part of a fairy orgy. Oh, you know she has. She Any... has. <laughs> Anyone who is admitted to the circle of fairy friendship is very fortunate. Oh, she enjoyed it, too. Honestly, that sounds ideal. The thing is, at the time, this was very controversial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even today, it would be very controversial. Eh, um, only to, like, gross and yeah. sad people. Yeah. Although, to be fair, like, not everyone's comfortable with the idea of polyamory, and I can kind of understand it because it's been misrepresented a lot. Very misrepresented. Um, and it's unfortunate because it's actually literally more loving than a monogamous relationship yeah. at its core. And it's more, like, a little more healthy, too, because you're not just relying on one person for energy and everything and, like, affection. You're, like, you know. Loving, but, healthy. Um, there's an, oh, another word I had for it, and I can't remember. Um. Shout out to all the uh, all the couples I almost ended up in a triad with. Um. <laughs> oh, just being able to like fully express your love and affection for someone without being constrained by monogamy. Like, okay, yeah, like I, I get what you're in a way of like, um, say you're in a relationship with someone. This is going off on a whole tangent No, again. it's fine. Let's um, do this. Let's do this. So Let's say, commit. So say you're in a relationship with someone, but then you meet someone and you, like... Because I always... I didn't... I know it, I knew it wasn't, like, just a sex thing, but it, it, I yeah. figured, like, I couldn't be polyamorous because, like, I don't get interested in people very often. So, like... But then I realized... Like, I had it explained where, like, it doesn't have to change how you are. It just gives you the option. Okay, yeah. So, like, if you were in a relationship and you meet someone that you, like, you have this connection with and you want to explore that part, like, you want to express your, like, physical expression of love or care in that kind of way, you have that option. And it feels like, because if if you're monogamous and... and, exclusive with that person because i also heard committed commitment and exclusiveness exclusive i can't speak exclusivity commitment and exclusivity are two separate things oh absolutely so if you're not exclusive and you have the option to share that it's more just it's sharing love it's not constraining your love and i will say yeah that Communication is a very important oh, part of all of this. It's key. Communication is key. If you're not communicative with your partners, like, then, then the whole yeah, thing falls apart. Exactly. But if you are, it if can every- be the most beautiful thing. <laughs> if everyone is aware and consensualing and uh, is talking with each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. then it is a, one of the most healthy things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Because it just is... I've had it explained in the, like, you're not getting your, o- your only thing from one person before. And that... I understood, like, before, I understood yeah. that to an extent, but the way it was worded was kind of hard for me. But so the way that I kind of had come to understand it is, like, t- if you take the friends example. Yeah. So, like, you have lots of different friends. Um, I do. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, like, if, if one of your friends says, oh, you can't hang out with that person... Yeah, then, mm. like, that's... And, unless they have a very good reason and that the person they're telling you not to hang out with is actually super toxic and Yeah, like, yeah, if it's, like, a talk, yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. But if they don't have any real reason to say you can't hang out with that person just because I don't I don't like them, then that's kind of fucked up. I've, I've been there before. Yeah, it's never definitely. never lasted very long. Definitely. It's, like, not uncommon. So then if you just expand that thought process to 
every relationship you have, not just romantic, like not yeah. just friendship, but like romantic as well, and that kind of thing. It's like you you're still like you're the way I've uh, another kind of going from that. I'm all over this place. I've thought about this a lot recently. <laughs> I never would have noticed. Um, <laughs> so like saying how. Um, your love for one person doesn't take away from your love from another yeah, person. love is not a um, limited resource. Yeah, like, I, I, I've had it described, too, of, like, it's not 100% and you have these, your percent divided up between people. It's that, like... Exactly, yeah. You have... It, it, it's more expansive than that, and I really love this, because it's actually just demonstrated beautifully, and have you ever seen the film Her?, it's that one where basically Joaquin Phoenix falls in love with Scarlett Johansson, but Scarlett Johansson isn't. Scarlett Johansson is an AI. No, I'm no, never this seen came that out one. like 2013. And I try not to watch ScarJo movies. Fair, um, but it was yeah, by directed by Spike Jones, Joaquin Phoenix, Scarlett Johansson voices this AI, and Joaquin Phoenix and the AI, Scarlett Johansson fall in love, like genuinely fall in love, and so there's. Wait, them or the characters? The characters. Okay, I was gonna be <laughs> like, I, wow. Um, and by the, uh, there's some some con- uh, conflict in that initially, but then it actually grows to being this AI becomes so expansive that she has love for all of these Hell. other AIs that she's met through their network or whatever. Same. And trying to describe how that doesn't take away from her love for this man and it it just kind of after having the realization of polyamory and actually experiencing it you're like oh that hits different yeah (laughs) that that movie just hits in an entirely different way um anyways (laughs) and i just think it's very important for people to remember in any relationship friendship sibling Parental, romantic, yeah, purely sexual. Someone's love for someone else doesn't take away from their love for you. Exactly. Now, I'm not saying that sometimes there are some fucked up situations. There's cheating. There's yeah. non-communication. That, like, it can get misconstrued and that maybe somebody actually does fall, quote-unquote, fall out of love with you. That's a whole other story. But if some, if everything goes positively yeah like in the in the ideal like everyone's healthy and yeah no one's like fucking around yeah then it can be one of the most like it just expands your it's your a good love. ideal honestly it I, is yeah. and it's one of those things that like it's like i said like you kind of i've had it explained i've been around it before i've had people who like are in those situations and I always thought, I, I get it, and I understand, and I'm glad for them, but I don't think I could ever do it. But, like, that's shifted recently, so that's an interesting oh. development. We'll talk about that yeah, later. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I was like, I want to hear you talk about that, but I also just noticed we're still recording. Yeah, we sure are. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into depth oh, hell on that yeah. later, if you would like. But I yeah, like, would. actually experiencing <laughs> it firsthand is definitely, like, a learning curve, but yeah. it's for it's only growth yeah it's it's like a it's growth like, it's process, like a, it's a good that's good yeah. i'm really glad very... i'm glad your research in fairies sparked this conversation topic too because this is like i'm learning about fairies and also 
It's nice to be, well, like, reaffirmed. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> it's, yeah. Anyways, that uh, was in the... Th- <laughs> tangent Tangent over. Um, <laughs> that was very... But I think it's very important. It's a very... Uh, it's honestly, like, that's a great relevant quote. thing. It's a, yeah, great quote. Back in the 60s, very controversial. Even today, probably very... Less controversial than it was, but still controversial. Controversial in, pu- in the public. Yeah. I'd say... Okay. Continuing. I would join a fairy commune. That would be fucking tight. But so I would sick. not just any fairy commune. I'd have to have feelings for like yeah, cause oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No. But like you know you know what I mean. If I met if I met, if I met some fairies and I'd be like hashtag demisexual. Ha- hashtag demisexual. I'm actually asexual, but I am very romantic, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, I I'm like I don't know. You're valid. I'm, like, somewhere between Demi and Grey, because sometimes there's the emotional, sometimes there's not. Do you know that's, like... But, like, also, there always has to be some sort of connection. There always... Like, it it does... It's definitely not... I'm definitely on that scale somewhere. Oh, yeah. You're valid. They probably have a term for that now, by the way. Yeah, But, like, even then, like, all of them are, like... As as long as you, like, you're comfortable with yourself and you kind of, like, know slightly where you fall... I know... Where I fall, I don't think there's, for, like, any of my quote-unquote labels, I'm never exactly one label. I feel in between a lot of labels, but I know where I stand with myself, and that's all that matters. There you go. That's that's what matters. Anyways. Luna, you whiny baby. Do you want to come back up? Can you come back up? No. <laughs> I love getting queer pol- political on our podcast it's gonna happen i feel like yeah i feel like that's gonna be part of our brand honestly. it has to like it's who we are it's who it we are it's like who all our friends are if you don't like the gays you know yeah, exactly, i was gonna say get out and i thought it was too harsh but like no i'll be harsh i'm not nice anymore I've, i'm tired of being if nice. if you don't like the gays this probably won't being nice and being polite are two very different things it's true <laughs> um yeah if you don't like the gays you probably hate both of us why are so you, why, why are you listening you're listening to two gays right now why are you listening here I, I, have i said i'm trans yet i don't know if you've actually said it because we've had it plastered on all the like i'm definitions. trans i'm non-binary i'm very gay <laughs> <laughs> i just want to be held mood okay okay <laughs> <laughs> so after after that Wild statement from this tabloid magazine. Johnson accused the editor of so much, but yeah, go on. (laughs) Uh, Johnson accused the editor of false reporting, uh, and but the damage was already done. The article basically went quote unquote viral for what it would have been at the time. Everyone heard about it. So after that whole thing went down, uh, eventually Marjorie Johnson stepped down from being secretary of this. Still can't believe Fairy Investigation Society. If that still exists, I'm gonna join. Well, I don't. So that's the thing. So Listen, I already have a title and I'm already a minister. I need to join the Fairy <laughs> Investigation Society now. Uh, so after she step, stepped down, a British historian named Leslie Shepard officially took over as secretary, but he essentially did fuck all. He let it die out. Oh. Um, yeah, and uh, that happened around 1990, because I think mm. in this article it says something about somebody had sent him a letter... And they received a letter back, but it wasn't actually from Shepard. It was from somebody who said they knew him and that he wasn't speaking to anybody. And then about five years, six years later... Um, Do you think he just died? Do you think he just died and nobody noticed? It's possible. That's sad. Um, 
Oh, you think I the think, fairies got him? I think he, very possibly. Uh, Leslie <laughs> Shepard. I think he was actually a famous guy, so that might have actually. Never heard of him before. Uh, no, he didn't die until 2004. Oh, okay. Um, Author, activist, and curator. Yeah. Not not activist for the fairies. Rude. <laughs> That's rude. But yeah, so then uh, Johnson, in her final draft of her work, because she did finish writing this uh, book, and it yeah. is published, it got published in 2014 as, quote-unquote, Seeing Fairies. Hmm. Um, maybe that, I think I've read that. that. Maybe that's where I've heard her from. That's very possible. Um, but yeah, so in her last draft of her work in 1996, she declared that the society was defunct. Um, uh, and apparently in the book, I haven't actually read it myself, uh, and you probably would have remembered it, but if, if it was Hold of you to assume I have memory. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying in the book itself, there's no, there's no gay. No! Um, no! They censored it? I don't know if they censored it or if those claims were actually wildly inaccurate just to stir up, uh, um, No, that sounds very, insanity. it sounds like something a fairies would, would be into. It sounds like it. And so then maybe Johnson got... Johnson censored herself, maybe, just to prove yeah. that, like, that scandal was false, so I don't know. That's sad. Um, but, yeah. But, good news. Um, so, in 2013, a guy named Simon Young restarted the <gasps> FIS, but with, um, kind of less proof, he didn't want to, doesn't want to, like, try and prove fairies. He's, He's kind of, like, archiving it, basically? Archiving, kind of more with scientific ideals of, like, kind of collecting the reports and encounters, experiences, kind of like the census, but... No more. It's essentially the census again, but Luna. In, in, so he kind of wants it to be more like the census, where it's more kind of archiving the actual experiences. And then I've also seen um, papers and stuff, like actual academic papers, talking about the actual kind of like age ranges and like genders and the what, those kinds of things. Let me see if I have it on here. I think I also downloaded some of them to read later. Hell yeah. Honestly, that just sounds like a really good... I... Yeah, see, the thing is, I've never had, like, a fairy encounter. It's a, it's actually... Okay, there's an actual fairy census released 2014, and this is... Yeah, this is it, where it's basically has... Uh, it, in the beginning, it's got this whole preface of, like, what their intentions are, and so it's like, for what information is here, I took the purpose... For the purposes of the present publication, only the most important parts of the data for each very experience. Um, and I've got, like, case number, country, uh, So when, it's, like, very organized. No, yeah, it's very organized, and it's very much about, like, kind of quant uh, quantifying, like, these experiences. You know, like, what time of day, what, what decade, how old the people were. And kind of just compiling it all and maybe getting I'm data from that. Definitely going to be reading this. I can send it to you. I have the Please. PDF. Please do that. Yes, amazing. That sounds like that. Honestly, just does sound really amazing. Really interesting. Yeah. And so, if you uh, would like to, they're still um, collecting survey uh, survey responses for an updated consensus or census. Ah, what's the word? Census. They're they're still um, collecting data for their new census. So if you go to their website, but I don't have any information for that. Well, I mean, our listeners might, but 
it's, it's not just um, fairy encounters, which is interesting. So oh, is it just like what you know or what you... Um, you can do if you've witnessed the event firsthand, if you're mm. describing the event explain, experienced by someone else. You can oh, also do... a fairy a, survey. A survey on your fairy beliefs. Oh, I'm going to do that one. And um, so, yes, you can go to fairyist, F-A-I-R-Y-I-S-T, dot com slash survey to uh if you want to include your experiences and your beliefs in this very census that they're working on which would be pretty fascinating to do actually i really want to do that now and the rest of the website has like questions books types places uh beliefs they already have sightings movies even like they've got so much which is just very very interesting so that's why i kind of wanted to talk about this because if you look at their sightings they just have a million like they have so many Hell and i yeah. didn't want to go through them all no that's valid that's dang yeah this is this looks good but yeah anyways that's my my interesting find on fairies which is fun <laughs> um i i enjoyed this i like i love fairies i've just not had much more than like a very casual understanding that they are out there they exist here's how you interact with them here's how you got to be careful about them mm-hmm. <laughs> never give your here's another here's another thing never give your full name or your real name yeah there's power and if you can figure out a fairy's real name then you've got the power oh and also don't ingest food um but that has more to war to do with that has more to do with they're just um like the 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 uh, owing a favor thing favors is it I thought it was that they like basically it's so good that you can't escape it oh there's and different got you. there's different things the way I was gotcha. taught was that it's you don't like don't see if you take a food and you eat it and you really enjoy it you've taken something from them and now you owe them something gotcha. so part of, and part of that is like they will they will stretch that <laughs> however far they can take it mm-hmm <laughs> there's like that that thing from tumblr where it's like if you um sorry mom if you blow off a fairy <laughs> does it still count towards you've ingested something from the fairy realm and you're stuck there or is it they owe you something because you you blew them off and now they like or is it an equal exchange or is it an equivalent exchange like there's like <laughs> i guess it depends if you <laughs> Uh, I guess it depends if you spit or swallow. Yeah. Even like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> Woof. Man, oh man. Yeah. But, you know, like, yeah, so, like, and also, like, the fair, yeah, like, don't say thank you, say I appreciate that, because if you say thank you, that's acknowledging that they've done a favor for you, and thus you owe them. Mm. It's very, yeah, but you have to be very careful with your wording. Oh, yeah, words are... They're very particular. That's how they, they don't lie, but they will bend the truth to all hell. They are so, like, honestly, like, fairy lawyers, holy shit. (laughs) I think I saw a post recently where it was like, fairies are, or lawyers are fairies, essentially. Uh, I'm not quite comfortable with that, because not all fairies are lawyers, and not all lawyers are fairies. Sometimes they're (laughs) demons. Demons are also very good at spinning. Yeah, you're not wrong. Sometimes they're humans, which are the worst monsters. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about that email. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So uh, this Hell we yeah. 
received an email from this person named Catherine Sleepy Lizard Girl. Yes. Uh, hello. Hello. Um, hello, thank you so much for sending an email. Catherine says, Hey, Nick and Adele, I just randomly found your podcast and decided to listen. I like the setup and style so far. Anyway, my favorite liminal space is definitely an airport. It's the ultimate place where no one belongs and they all ju- we all just travel through. Thank you. I was thinking about that the other day. Um, like how, because I, I don't really feel myself unless I'm on the move. Mm. Like I'm on traveling and everything. And I noticed that the other day and I was like, oh, but I, I like buses and trains more than I like airports. That's fair. Because I hate security. Yeah, we had this conversation. We had this conversation. I'm just, I was thinking about it, so, like, yeah. Anyway, special shout-outs to Walmart, to places like Walmart at 3 a.m. Any sort of store you can visit late at night that always gives an almost eerie feeling. It's great. It sure is. Yeah, like, honestly, when I think of Walmarts, though, I think of, like, 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 uh, like, you know, being out in the hicks and, you know, like, not in the hicks, out in the sticks. Being out Walmart? in the sticks, yeah. Uh, whenever I think about Walmart, I always think about being out in the sticks because I only used to go to Walmart when there's literally nothing else around to go to I, to get yeah. things. So, but like I've it's never been. It's definitely changed. <laughs> it's definitely changed. Um, but like, uh, I've never. I've the. I think the latest I've ever been to a Walmart was like, twelve o'clock at night. So like, yeah. it was like on that line of like it's not quite like the night, but it's also like. Yeah, because I was thinking there's two different ways to think about this is if it's 24 hours and you're just in it at a very ungodly hour or if you're working a night shift stocking shelves at 3 a.m. Two very different vibes, too. No, thank you. I have worked night shifts at, like, Tim Hortons and everything, but those are fun in a wacky thing because usually it's only, like, you and your coworkers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you finish all your chores, you're just fucking around. True. (laughs) Which is fun. Um, but, other, uh, and then, like, occasionally, like, one customer will come in at a time, maybe with a couple friends, and that's it, like, mm-hmm. and people at 3am really don't care what you serve them, like. No, yeah, they're either tired or drunk. And they're, like, just desperately, like, I'm or high. Just, <laughs> or high, yeah, like. They're all just chill. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, a smaller thing, but does staying in a place you don't know, like a hotel room or a person's house, you only plan on staying at for a night count? They always give me very weird feelings. Oh. I, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, you're I, saying that, like, less so for you, but hotels yeah, still? Yeah, hotel rooms, I'm, I don't, I've stayed in hotel rooms a couple times, usually, if I'm, like, tra- if I was traveling with my dad, mm-hmm. um, but I spend so many nights just at other people's places, not in, like, a, uh, haha Tinder way. But then, like, I stay over at my friends' places all the time, mm. and I have my entire life that it doesn't feel as much. But I still get what you're what you're going going with because, yeah, that weird feeling, especially if you're like in, if you're like sleeping on someone's couch and you're the only one awake and yeah. it's like dark and everything, and you're like trying to sleep but you can't quite sleep because it's like not, not familiar enough, but it's also like you're not tired enough to. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. See, I'm more even like. I've, like I said earlier in another, maybe earlier today, I don't know if it's in this podcast or not, (laughs) or this episode. Earlier in our timeline. Yeah, in our timeline. (laughs) Um, I've lived in the same house for years and years and years, Um, and even when I was living in Toronto, I lived in, like, other than residence, um, 
I lived, after I was done that, I lived in the same place for the rest of, like, the year and a half that I was there. Um, so I, I, I'm not as good. My, my big Taurus energy is I hate <laughs> sleeping in beds that aren't mine or houses that aren't mine because it's, it's filled, it, like, if I'm home, then I have every, like, in the morning I have everything, and especially at night, even if I'm not consciously anxious, my body's like, this place is unfamiliar and we're not going to sleep. Um, <laughs> like how you can't sleep on airplanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, where it's just, like, some part of my monkey brain or whatever, my primal brain is just like, nah, we're not safe right now. <laughs> Something could attack us at any second. This and I'm is like, not archery. We're fine, yeah, essentially. <laughs> Um, so that feeling is just, like, amplified in, in any sort of, like, hotel room or person's house that I'm staying over. There's very few, there are actually, there have become a handful of houses that I can stay over at and feel completely comfortable at, but it's very limited. (laughs) Very limited. Anyways. Yeah. They definitely count. Absolutely. They absolutely do. And thank you so much for sending this in. Yes, we sure, she she ends it with, or they end it, don't want to assume pronouns. Um, hope you enjoy the response. We sure did. We fucking <laughs> like do. Hell yeah. Like, that's amazing that Hell we actually got an yeah. email. I love it. I love you. <laughs> we love you. A little too strong? I don't know. Fucking <laughs> love. Love is, love is love. There's love different it. kinds this of love. This episode is sponsored by love. Yeah, sure is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> All right. So if you want to send us an email like Catherine did, we, uh, have our email that you can send it to. That was worded really strangely. That uh, was a bunch of words. Uh, our email is liminalspacespod at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at liminalspacepod and on Instagram at liminalspacespod. Yeah, and um, we also have YouTube. Oh, if yeah, you we're on YouTube. If you want to listen to us there instead of wherever you're listening to us now or if you're listening to us on YouTube, hello. Hello. We see you. Hello. Welcome. We have infiltrated the cameras. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also would like to credit uh, our intro and outro music as being Into the Woods by Purple Planet Music. And uh, Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Arsenic New Lace. Forgot about that part. Arsenic New Lace. <laughs> I'm, I'm experimenting with pronunciations now. Clearly. Arsenic New Lace. Oh boy. <laughs> um... <laughs> Or you can follow me on Instagram, which is at Adele Bernadette. Sure is. And, uh, or Twitter. I do have Twitter. Just don't use it very often. So you can, if you want me back on Twitter, come hound me. Because I still get, I still have Twitter messages on. So I get, like, text messages when there's there's an interaction. So if I get hounded enough on my interactions, then I'm sure I'll come back. And (laughs) if you want me on Instagram, not happening. I got beef. We got beef. It's not happening. It's fine. Anyways, that's uh, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, where is there? There it is. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And uh, I've been Nick. I've been Adele. And you can find us next time in the, the liminal spaces. spaces. Calm down, please. Sit down. No, sit. Come on. Chill. Okay.